0: Greetings and welcome to today's Denarius. I'm very excited today because we're going to have part two of Dale Allen's journey through COVID-19. And when we stopped last time, we talked about uh, we talked about his hallucinations that he was having when he spent around 17 days uh, on a ventilator. And um, today we're going to go into the unique experience that he had. Because what happened during that time uh, is that he coded, and I want him to tell the story of what happened uh, when he coded. And uh, but I want to talk to a little bit. Last time I opened up, I read a passage from Matthew about uh, the saints coming out of their graves when Jesus died and were seen around the city of Jerusalem. And uh, nobody ever preaches on that because because nobody knows how to explain it. And, um Paranormals, what we call things that are unexplained, mysteries uh, in the spiritual realm, obviously that we do not see. Um, I can tell you about an experience I had in 2018. I visited the grave of a missionary uh, who passed away in the 1700s, who actually is one of my spiritual heroes. His name was David Brainerd. and I was out there in uh, Northampton, Massachusetts. And I always, I said, if I'm going to Northampton, I'm going to visit David Brainerd's grave. And uh, I visited for a while. And after a while, while I was standing there, I got the strangest headache that brought depression with it that I've ever felt in my entire life. I said, I've never had anything like this hit me. And... Strangely enough, it went away when I walked away from the grave, but when I got interested in reading information on David Brainerd's uh, gravestone, and he's, there's a lot, I don't have time to tell the whole story about how David Brainerd landed there. He died at 29 from tuberculosis, and Jonathan Edwards' daughter, Jerusha, took care of him. She was 17, and she died about, I think, five months later, Uh, but they're buried next to each other um, at that cemetery, and um, they have mythology about that and stuff like that. But I looked up and, and people had experienced headaches. There were cold spots there, the chills. And so I was one of those people that experienced strange phenomena uh, at the grave of one David Brainerd. I bring that into here because I know there are people in this world who've had uh, strange experiences or strange visions and things like that. I don't know. I can't explain why that happens here. There weren't many more people of his time. Um, if you want to measure godliness, who was more godly than than one David Brainerd? Um, you almost say, "Is where? Where is it? Who's who's causing this to happen to people at a gravesite?" But right now, I want to welcome Dale Allen back and and lead into that because what you're going to hear what happened uh, with Dale here uh, is truly um, a unique, unique. But I look at it as a very uh, special. Experience and it's going to be great to hear him talk about that. Are you there, Dale?
1: Yeah, good morning, Ron.
0: Uh, good morning. So, well, we made it through part one. Uh, let's do part two. Amen.
1: <laughs> there we go. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, just review a little bit where we left off. And, and, uh, you no, know, we talked about, uh, we started really kind of at the beginning with your life, the journey spiritually for you and, uh, right. your relationships. Um, spouse wise. Um, And then we got to the point where COVID happened to you. And and then you talked about the hallucinations. And I think what's important there, and tell me if I'm wrong, what's important there is that you um, had no control in those situations that you were there, you were being moved around, although you were in an ICU for 17 days straight, you never moved. But hallucination wise, you moved all the time. Is that correct?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was I was, uh, I was moved to a building in midtown, in, in, in downtown Springfield. Oh yeah, I was everywhere.
0: So, but you and, weren't everywhere because your body was no. in an ICU.
1: <laughs> I, and I never I am, left, never left the ICU.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure that can be explained by sedation, but I don't think the next one can be explained by sedation. So, I think let's go no, ahead and not move not, in and talk not. about what happened to you when the code came.
1: Yeah. All right, so, long story short, I actually died um, during, I was out for about four minutes or coded for four minutes before they were able to revive me. Um, And what's weird is when it happened, I was actually in the middle of what I call a hallucination. I was, they had sat me up in a leather chair in the lobby. And that's what was, was going on when this happened. And while I was sitting in the chair, in the, I want to say in the the blink of an eye, I was all of a sudden in the light. And the only way I can explain it, it wasn't the white light, yellow light, or any type of light. It was just complete brightness. And I was standing there. And it it was just an incredible feeling of peace. Um like i would never experienced and Probably never will again until we go home. Um, it was peace, and I would say joy, and not a care in the world. Uh, everything was just perfect. And uh, I could see, you know, shadows of people off in, in, in the distance, but you know, I couldn't make any faces out. But the one big difference between this and all the hallucinations I had was I could talk. And this one I could speak and any, all the different hallucinations and dreams and visions that I had, I could not talk at all. This one, I could speak. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, kind of calling out like, where am I? Uh, and then a figure stepped forward, never came into clear view. He had a few people with him, but when he spoke, I recognize it as my father. If, if you knew my father, like Ron did you? He had a very distinct voice.
0: Yes, he there's, did.
1: There's no uh, no mistaking it for anybody else. And uh, I, there were three figures with him, and I, I I had a sense that they were my mother uh, and and my brother Bill, but I you know I couldn't make that out because they didn't speak. But I you know I remember asking my father, I said, well, where, where is this place? what is this place? What am where am I? He never answered my question. Really? He just said he yep, no. Nope. He just said, Well, you need to go back. I'm like well, what why what, what? What's wrong? I'm like, he goes, God's not done with you yet. Or he actually didn't say God. He said he's not done with you yet. Hmm. You've got more to accomplish. It's time to go back.
0: You know what the message uh, meant. Yeah, what's that? I say you know what that message meant.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, he, uh, and then all of a sudden, I woke up to being in the ICU with people, with probably fifteen, twenty people poking and prodding, and um, you know, I was still under sedation, but I, I could open my eyes and actually see and tell what was going on. Right. And then, um, it was probably, I don't know. I think that was probably the day, day 12 or 13. Okay. Um, but I was actually in ventilation, a, a total of 19 days.
0: Oh, 19. Okay. I thought it was they initially
1: 17. told, they initially, no, they initially told me 17, but then later on told me it's 19. Got it. Um, once, once I finally, um, once they finally took everything off of me and where I actually started to come to, you know, come to, um, the doctor about a week into it. Now, some things happened in that week, but a week into it, the doctor told me, he said, I need to tell you that you died. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, Oh, that explains everything. Right. Like, what do you mean? So I actually got a chance to, you know, to, to, give a little brief testimony with the guy and and, and share Christ with him. But he, you know, and and at the point where she told me that he was a Christian and he was was just, it was encouraging him to hear this. Yeah. Um, And that experience, I got to share a lot in the hospital and got to share it even with non-believers who who actually would come back and talk Mm -hmm. about it more. And it it was just, uh, I would say that was the point that um, I learned a new boldness, mm-hmm. maybe a boldness like my mother had, not being afraid to share
0: to talk about Jesus. So
1: when people, people ask me about my COVID experience, and I say, "Well, by the grace of God, I'm here, and I get to bring I get to bring everything right into that conversation because they asked me." Right. I don't have to. I don't have to go out looking for it. Yeah, and I now, want
0: I want here to piggyback and help people to understand. How bad of a condition you were in, um, your organs were in failure mode. Is that correct?
1: Yes, I had a collapsed lung. Uh, my kidneys weren't functioning, so I was on dialysis, um, and they had a tube run into my lung. So, yeah, I mean, it was bad. Um, you know, I obviously wasn't aware of all of that until afterwards.
0: Right. But I do and- want
1: to share. I do want to share one thing that happened. That was just an incredible um, answer to prayer.
0: Okay. That
1: nothing, nothing short of uh, God working a miracle. So, when you come out of sedation, they won't give you any sleeping anything to help you sleep because you've been on sedation, and they want you, you know, they want your body to start normalizing. Well, it's been three days, and I hadn't slept yet. I could not sleep. I could, you know, close my eyes and rest for a few minutes, but I couldn't right. sleep. So, because every time I closed my eyes, it would get dark, and I would actually see these uh, gold, silver, and brown, and they would actually turn into demonic-looking creatures. Okay. Every every time I closed my eyes, and this, I like, said, so this was after I'd been taken off everything. So at the end of the third day in the evening, I think about six or seven o'clock in the evening, I was just so distraught. I called Karen and I said, hey, get me on the prayer chain. Mm -hmm. Call all your friends. I need to sleep and here's what's going on. Right. And so she she told, so she called everybody and then called me back. She told me the story about this woman so I don't know if it's in, in in the Book of Psalms or some reference to it. I, I've not been able to find it. But she said there was a woman that I would always that would her gift was she would pray for people to get a good night's rest. Really? So I, I never got I never was explained to me if it was actually in the Bible or you know, inferred from the Bible. So all I know is that I also I all of a sudden this even went down to Florida. She posted it, and I had people. I had people. uh, you know, Rhonda from more, us growing up, her, no, her and her old church were praying for me.
0: Oh, okay. Um, yeah.
1: I don't know if you remember, Tra- I remember Tracy. Tracy and all of them were praying for me. I probably had a thousand people praying. And it wasn't 15 minutes after that conversation that I closed my eyes. They were gone. All I saw was, was fields of, of blossoms. Amazing. Very, very peaceful. And I never, from that time forward, Never saw those visions ever again. Amen. Every time, every time I went to hospital and closed my eyes, it was peaceful.
0: So, well, God fact, responded. That was a, miracle,
1: and, that, was a miracle, that was an answer to prayer. I mean, just blatant answer to prayer.
0: Right. Well, there probably could have been some demonic oppression going on then, and and uh, oh prayer? yeah, oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, you know, the, the devil using circumstances to try to kind of steer you away.
0: Uh, certainly, um, but you recognized it. You did the right thing. And I, I'll tell you what, I remember the first time you appeared on your brother, uh, Tim, Tim is a pastor. And uh, uh, since COVID-19 happened, during that time frame, Tim was doing almost nightly um, uh, video appearances um, on Facebook. And then one night you just happened to show up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I watched that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I I couldn't miss but, uh, it, and
1: yeah, we had one night where he actually called me, and we talked for the whole thing. So from the hospital, from my hospital bed.
0: Yeah. No that that yeah. was something, but I mean your voice is sure coming along, come a long, <clears throat> long yeah. way since then. But but you, well,
1: I tell you, look, this whole experience though has has just given me, um, you know when I when I people know that I've had COVID and they want to talk about it. It just, it gives me an open door. It does. Because you know, you're know you not, you're not approaching them out of the blue. Mm-hmm. They started the conversation. They want to hear, they want to listen. And you're not just like walking up to someone and saying, Hey, are you safe? Let's talk. It's like, Hey, tell me about your experience. What happened? Yeah. And I get, I get to, I get to interject and I get to talk and I get mm-hmm. to share my faith.
0: Oh, you have a great, of being a- a great yeah, segue. Because being
1: asked, yeah, because I'm being asked to share my faith.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great segue to giving them the good news. And and that's the thing, you know But for us as Christians, especially in these days and times, because we live in a highly, highly uncertain world right now. Uh, Christians oh, sure. Christians need to get their game on. We don't need people to go through a COVID experience to get their walk right and with the Lord what happened to you in your life was God's grace and God's dealing with you as individually. Uh, he's going but, to deal with all of us who believe in him and get us back in track, you know, through discipline or whatever it takes uh, to get us where we need to be. I mean, because personally I, I believe his comings very soon and I'm sure you do too. Um, but absolutely. In, in that time, let's be about his business uh, when he comes and, and I can't tell you how much, uh, you know, when I started seeing you, uh, your change, your transformation on Facebook around six months before uh, you landed in the hospital with COVID, it seemed like this was already at work in your life to get you back on the path with the Lord. Uh, right. I
1: was actually, I was actually burdened and still am. I, I don't know if it's a calling or order is to be an encouragement to others. Mm-hmm. To try when I post something. Try to post something encouraging, and and I've had a lot of very good responses from it. I've had people just personally just say, "Man, I really appreciate. It. I needed that right at that time."
0: Yeah,
1: and it's just something that the Lord just laid on my heart to post. It could be something as simple as, you know, uh, here's some encouraging words I found in the Bible today in my reading. Right, uh, no, and that's you never great know thing. when someone else could look at that and go, "Man, I needed to hear that today." <laughs>
0: Amen. That's that is true. But I want to look at a couple of things here. One is give practical practical advice on what people should do uh to prevent themselves from getting COVID. And the other one is, uh spiritually, what's next for you? Wow,
1: that, that one second one's a tough question. Um first one's easy. Wash your hands, wear a mask, stay out of large crowds. Like I said, because of my hubris, I didn't wear the mask. And I didn't wash my hands. Like, oh, I'm not going to get sick. Mm-hmm. No, I. If, if I could go back and and do it all over again, oh man, I'd be I'd be the most uh, washing my hands, uh, <laughs> mask wearing guy on the planet.
0: Sometimes, um, sometimes I'm glad I'm a hypochondriac. <laughs>
1: yeah, but I mean that is that is the the best way. Plus, if you start feeling like you got a sinus infection or a fever that you can't quite crack. Yeah. You know, stop what you're doing. Go to go to the hospital immediately. Yeah. You know, had I had I gone a couple of days earlier, I may I may have avoided everything that I went through. Mm-hmm. But I got I let it get to the point. You know, thinking that I just had a bad sinus infection, I let it get to the point where it had already started affecting my lungs. Mm. By the time I drove up and, and got to the hospital,
0: yeah,
1: um, yeah, you know, my lungs were already com- compromised.
0: Wow. So yeah,
1: you know, like the best advice is. Wash your hands, wear a mask, avoid large crowds.
0: So no, that's that's good advice and that really goes along the lines of what is recommended um from C D C and and others. So
1: Yeah, you know, I don't care if the government's telling you to wear a mask or not, common sense should tell you to tell, wear a mask. You shouldn't, on, worry uh, about you shouldn't worry about, oh man, the man's telling me to wear a mask. They have no right to do that. So, Whether well, they have a right to or not. Common sense says, Man, put a mask on and wash your hands.
0: Yeah, it's, you know? it's important. It's This thing obviously had, I mean, even like where you're concerned and other, many others who were affected by this thing, it, it it is a life-changing event for many people. And you're still, uh, you know, you're still working hard to recover from this thing. And so people need to understand while I talk to Dale here, um, he's still in a full-bound recovery, aren't you?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I can't work because I can't sit from, I can't sit. More than a couple hours. Yeah, uh, I, I can't. You know, I, yesterday was the most walking I've done. I actually went shopping uh, with a friend at Sam's mm-hmm. and and walked the whole store. Now at the end, I was like, I gotta sit down. Right. But I mean, I, I couldn't. I couldn't be on a job where i was on my feet all the time. So it, unless something just perfectly falls in my lap, mm-hmm. I'm still not able to go to work. Uh, this is killed me financially i mean it's eaten up all my savings where to the point where um you know i'm doing what i can just to keep the lights on and and, Mm. you know pay the house and car payment everything else is it is what it is yeah but uh people i'm not saying that for any sympathy because i've asked god i've asked god to provide and i believe he will
0: yeah well i ask Uh, friends out there who are listeners to pray for dale at this point as you heard that, that is a prayer need right now for him. So people step up yeah, and they must pray for him.
1: Absolutely, them. absolutely is. It's, uh, you know, uh, I'm thankful to be alive. I fully believe he's got a purpose for me. Um, you know, I, I don't know what you were to segue into the second part of the question. Um, spiritually, I don't know what's ahead for me other than to to continue growing, to continue um, uh, my fellowship with him, to study more, to read more, mm-hmm. to be kinder, to to be bolder. Um, as far as a path forward, that's where I'm at. Sure. Uh, there's Never- nothing that's really been la- laid on my heart other than, you know, um, seek, you know, seek him first.
0: Right. You know, and that's good because you know, looking at the John MacArthur formula here in finding God's will, the number one point of finding God's will is to be doing the things that you are doing right now, being in the word, the praying, uh, being in the house of God. That's following the will. That's that's following his commands. That's that's point number one about being in the will of God. You're in the will of God if you're doing those things. But if he has a special task for us, then you get that special calling and that will probably come in. You know, your, your heart is humbled. It, it's open. Uh, it wants to follow the Lord. Clearly over time, the Lord's going to give you that new direction. I have no doubt about that.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I, I know. And, and and I'll know when he does too. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah. That's the point. When you get a special calling, you know it, you just got to say yes, Lord, and take the step and do it. So,
1: yeah. you know, I find myself now like, uh, uh, even checking out at the at the grocery store or something, you know, like you know, and I'm trying to be as kind as kind you know, or kind of waitresses, just you know, just being kind to the people that you that you run into an effect every day. don't even get back in the car and go, you know, was I kind enough? <laughs> it's kind of silly, but you know
0: <laughs> You probably do better than I do on that, but uh, this has been a very, very encouraging uh, story. Um but it's not a story that's over yet, because the Lord is good to you, and and you are going to move on uh, in your life in this already, world.
1: He's, he's already, he's already told me there's a, there's a reason. I right. Mean, he, he made right. it very clear that uh, my time on earth was not done. Yeah. So when he, when he's ready, he'll tell, he'll, he'll tell me that reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, Mr. C did not give you many more. Gave you much more guidance on that, did he?
1: (laughs) No. No, you know, I'm just a firm believer that, you know, my my calling made this to be as much of an encouragement to others as I can be.
0: Absolutely. Uh, I mean,
1: I do know that he's given me, you know, everybody has, I believe, a spiritual gift. Some have more than than others. I believe I have the gift of empathy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just become evident in my dealings with people. Um, I don't necessarily have the gift of patience, though. So that's one I got to work on.
0: <laughs> We're Michiganders. How can we, right?
1: <laughs> oh man, I know. I know. It, it's funny. It's, it's funny. It's, I, mean, I grew up with two parents, one was who was impatient. Yeah, my father. Right. And one who was as patient as the day is long.
0: My yep. mother. <laughs> yep. Yep. For sure.
1: <clears throat> yeah, my mother was the most patient person on the planet. Mm. But, and my father was impatient. So I kind of got a mix of both.
0: Yeah. So, well, you know, one of the reasons, and actually this Two Days Denarius podcast um, exists, uh, to give encouragement to Christians. And I can't see how any Christian out there who listens to this would not be encouraged by your story, Dale. God did a remarkable work in your life, and you don't have just have to look at the COVID period and what happened uh, during the time you coded, but you can look at the journey of your life. That even though there was a a point in your life where you didn't start going, stop going to church, and all that, and you just kind of let go of things, you know, the lot losing a fellowship, uh, you know, Lord still some of their working and got you back, and. You know, I I say that because for those of us on the journey who understand walking away and going the other direction, you know, pulling a Jonah, um, number one, it's a sign that you're truly a Christian. Uh, God does not, if somebody is lost and was a faker and and never has any interest in going back to church again, let's be honest and say they probably never really knew the Lord. Um, but, But for those who do, You know, he's the love that's not going to let you go. There's a reason why Augustine called him the hound of heaven, you know, the Holy Spirit. He's going to chase you down. Uh, For those who are listening who may be lost, and you listen to a story like this, you know, uh, salvation is open to all. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And only begotten, is is one of a kind unique. Jesus is the only savior. He is the only one who can be your door to heaven. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes through the Father but through me. I think he meant it. Yep. yep. And that door is open that you for you to come to faith in Christ. But God demonstrated his love in that while we are yet sinners, and you can never be saved unless you understand that you're a sinner. Um I can't you know can't believe I forgot the rest of the verse he demonstrated his love towards why are we get centered. Christ died for us. I can't forget the last part. <laughs> <laughs> Christ died for us, so he is our open door um right. Dale, this has been a beautiful experience um I think
1: oh, I've, I've enjoyed talking to you,
0: yeah, oh, well, I'll talk to you again and i I feel like uh it is a new fellowship time for, for you and me, because, you know, if I went through the journey of my life and stuff, you know, I had my rough spots too and and rough spots between you and me and your family at times, but you know what, those are all behind. And and God, I'll tell you what, I miss you guys a lot. Um, you know, that, uh, some things are just so easy, um, to restore and renew. Uh, because, well,
1: you know, it's, it's nice to say sometimes you you know you have a true friend and you cannot speak much for years and you can pick it back up where you left off.
0: Absolutely. But I I do want to say I appreciate you so much for being willing to come on here and share this story. And, and I hope and pray that many out there, uh, many out there uh, will take a listen to this um, because I'll probably need encouragement. You never know. Maybe we'll find out somewhere. Uh, along the time, along the line, Dale, that somebody came to the Lord through this.
1: And, That'd be awesome,
0: and that's what we're here for. So, well, I do want to say thank you to Dale Allen again for coming on here and uh, sharing an amazing story, uh, folks. This is something that uh, is unique. You know, we don't have to go looking. God, every day God gives us is a miracle. Our trust should be in Jesus Christ and Him alone and for what He gives us and what He calls us to in life. And let this be an encouragement you to step forward in your life that when God calls you to do something special, um, just go out there and get out there and do it. So again, thank you for uh, listening to today's Denarius over this two-part series. Um, And uh, I just give praise and thanks to God for His wondrous works. Amen.